Hello, Empowered People, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Woman Rises podcast. My name is Preeti, and I'm so glad you're here. Today's topic is healing from anxiety, a topic very close to my heart because of my experience with anxiety attacks, a little bit of which you've heard in my previous episodes. In my search for solutions, I came across Dr. Rebecca Robbins, a chemist and neuroplastician who is helping people around the world heal from anxiety using the mind's natural ability to rewire and heal. And she does this through eutactics. Through her practice called Belief Redesign, she has helped hundreds of people, including myself, rewire their brain with good stuff. Hence her tagline, redecorate your mind. I see eutactics as a wonderful supplement to therapy. If therapy is food, eutactics is a powerful multivitamin that helps boost your system. And I'm so excited to introduce to this topic and to Rebecca. So without further ado, Rebecca, welcome to the show and thank you for being here. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's very exciting uh, to be able to speak with you. And um, I totally believe in your the theme of your podcast. And so it's exciting to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to create Belief Redesign? Sure. So I'm a scientist by training, and I think I've always been sort of this curious soul. And some, I guess now the buzzword is lifelong learner. And to give you a sense, I was a philosophy major in my undergraduate. So this kind of search for wisdom. But for my personal journey, I was just kind of on this help, help self-help. We all have things that happen in, in life. And I used to describe my childhood as messy, but some, somebody just recently gave me a new word and it's called bumpy. And I really like that one better. So, you know, things like I said, you know, I lost my mom when I was young, these kinds of things. And you travel around. So these things impact you and you you want to learn how to to feel better about things in life, right? So I was on a search for many years. And then when I came across you tactics, I remember in the first 15 minutes of the course, when I learned what it was really going to be about the brain dynamics and how it works and the neuroplasticity of it, I immediately knew that this was really going to work. I'm actually getting chills as I talk about it. This, I was just like, oh my God, this can really work. And then there was an explosion. I totally got into it. And I was like, oh, not only am I going to help myself, I'm going to help other people with this. So that's how I got and created Belief Redesign because it is a way of in some respects, redesigning your mind, which is awesome. Very cool. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear about your mom, that yeah. I totally hear you on how in our pursuit of healing, it seems that we come across various people, various things that can help us. And I think it's so beautiful that you have said, this helped me and I would love to share this. That is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. And it's personally helped me. And I will talk about this a little bit more too. And so I'm really grateful that you decided to do that. Yeah, my pleasure. Now for the folks listening, if I sound like Fran Fine, it's because <laughs> I have a cold. So just bear with me, which is why you will not see this episode on video because yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Rebecca, now you have a PhD in chemistry. And I've heard you say that you loved organic chemistry, which is like the opposite of everything I've heard my med student <laughs> friends say. Yeah. So how does that tie in with belief redesign? It's an interesting question because so I like, I've always liked organic chemistry because first of all, for me, it's a conceptual chemistry. 
it explains the world, the natural world. So whether it's plants, trees, colors, so on and so forth, it, they're organic molecules, as are, by the way, the chemicals that generate your emotions, as the chemicals that travel down your neurons. So although they might not be super linked, what it does is it gives me this really nice insight and a, a bigger picture into see what's happening. I also think of it as it makes me quite objective, which I need to be when I'm working with someone in a session. You can feel compassion, but you don't want to get caught up in their story because you're helping them change their story. So I'm always thinking, oh, you know, oh, those are the molecules that they're doing something that in their head, right? And that's their neuronal pathways. I don't have to get attached into the story. So I find it helpful in that particular way. It gives me a different perspective on life to, to understand the, the kind of the molecules of the world. That's so interesting. And so focusing on our conversation about anxiety, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what causes anxiety? What makes us anxious? Maybe what is happening inside our mind and our body when we feel anxious? Yeah. So I'll say this with a little bit of joking inside, but so it's in some respects, uh, people who worry a lot and who've done it, have probably done it a big chunk of their life. It's a pattern. And which means it's an actual neuronal network in your brain. And so the joke is, is like, it's not that you have a problem with anxiety. You have an actual talent for it. You have learned it. You have built your neuronal pathways. Some of yours might be bigger than someone else's and so on and so forth. I'm so good at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I often joke around. It's like, you have a PhD in this, right? It's just your, it's imagine that if you were learning piano and you practice and practice, you have built these neuronal pathways in your brain to really use your fingers, get good and speed. And the brain is incredibly efficient. It doesn't want to have to get you to learn things from zero. So it starts to build neuronal pathways the minute you start doing something. So imagine that you learn very young to worry about something or you saw your mother do it or you a good friend was doing it and you created mm -hmm. your neuronal network. And it's not that it's it's you're 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 to blame. It's it's what it's sort of like the data that it, it happened in your life and the data that you picked up and how you processed it, how you linked it. It's all that data that has been stored in your brain. So I think of it as a talent, but sometimes it's not a talent that is serving you. So the way in which we store information that we can retrieve, like you can't retrieve what your neuronal pathway is or the chemicals, but you can, you're doing something inside you to generate those feelings. And that can be, I see a picture, I remember something, I hear something. And that is the language that in a session, for example, we can use to help clear up the pathways of anxiety, for example. That's so interesting. Yeah. And a lot of our behaviors, our thinking, it's it's interesting because I also do a lot of, you know, DEI work. And so when we think about things like unconscious bias, you know, stereotyping, yeah. that also forms from childhood. And so it's like immediate, right? Like without thinking, the brain's like, oh, I know this, I've seen it, and this is what it is. Correct. And yeah. so it's interesting to tie that with anxiety as our brain's like, oh, I know this, I've seen this, this is how I'm going to act. But sometimes it's like hyper 
act. Correct. Yeah. So you're talented at it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going to say. It's not that I have a problem. I'm talented. <laughs> it's something I saw a term recently called high functioning anxiety. And that's how I, I feel about it, that I'm able to function through it. Sometimes though, I need to step away because it's too much and, and it's overloading. Um, but that's where something we did in our session together mm -hmm. really helped me. And I'll talk about that a little bit more too. But before that, can you tell us about what enables our mind to have natural healing abilities and how does your program tap into that? Yeah. So God, the, the mind is, it's just fascinating. And so I will say that I'm not a neuroscientist, right? So I don't sit there and think about what I say, like the biology of it, like the different parts of the brain. I couldn't say that, but one of the techniques that we you learned in kind of the training for your tactics is an element called memory reconsolidation. My brain is always doing everything for my safety. So it's going to go into my reference, my internal Wikipedia and go, how did I handle that last time? Oh, this is what I already know. And it's happening so fast because our brain is incredibly efficient and it's designed to do so. And it's also going to, I'm going to learn new stuff as I go, right? That's the plastic piece as well. It's going to go there and say, how do I go back? How do I handle this? Oh, this is how I did it. And this is what's going to happen. It ha it's happening in nanoseconds or like femtoseconds, which is even smaller, right? But the key piece is that since your brain is there to save you and protect you, Wherever you're feeling at the time you reaccess the memory is what you bring back and impose on the other memory because it's updating, right? So if we're talking and you're like asked you to go and access a memory and it's not a good one because it was a bad example, a bad event, but as that's happening, I interrupt you, right? And I make you laugh, put on a song that you love, uh, ask you to do a tongue twister, something that really genuinely interrupts that pattern, that, that neuronal pathway. It's gonna, your mind's going to be like, oh, something new. Let me take that in and update it to your memory. So you update it with what, if it's a feel-good memory, you update it with a feel-good if you worry and worry more and think about something you worry, you do the same thing. Your mind doesn't know whether it's right, bad, good, or, or bad, right? So it's that piece of updating that, we, that you can leverage and make powerful, almost instantaneous changes. Because your mind is right there, you know, working fast to make sure you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's key. It's anxiety is inherently a form of intuition almost, right? Like we see the data and like you said, we process it so quickly, but sometimes we're not able to necessarily control it. And so that's where it becomes, yeah. you know, where we're talented in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. The way I like to think about it is imagine like if you've seen those pictures, if you Google it, right? you see the, the neurons firing and there's like this whole tree, right? It just looks like lit up. It's almost, it's not, it's a, an intuition is one way to describe it. You could almost think of it as a trance. You go right into that neuronal pathway and it's one, you know, your brain has it built and becomes more and more efficient at it. So that's the helpful 
part about having someone who's external and a bit more objective, because I can sit there in a session, watch the person, hear the person go right into a nervous trance, for example, an anxiety. And my job is to stop them, interrupt them so that you bring something else to that particular pathway, literally changing neuronal pathways. So interesting. Okay. So it's kind of like the brain is going down that pathway as a way to find comfort, but it doesn't realize that it's actually causing discomfort by going into that. No, the brain is just following the pathway. It, it's yeah. not good or bad. So that's where the consciousness and using these tools to interrupt patterns is the power of leveraging this neuroplasticity, leveraging this space where you really can actually genuinely change the links in your pathway. So you change that very well-developed and talented pathway to something else. And your body, your mind also does something beautiful is once you've changed it, it'll fill in a lot of blanks and it always fills it in for the positive. So when we, we call rewriting oh, memories, yeah, when we rewrite memories, it's always amazing the person, once we've interrupted the bad pattern, it's amazing how people will, oh, yeah, no, and it's the child is smiling and it's so on and so on. So all sorts of good, you know, the memory flips to something good. It's fascinating. Yeah. It really is because I did a tapping session with you and I'm mm -hmm. so grateful I did. And you helped me overcome my imposter syndrome and, you know, you gave me tools to deal with anxiety. And one of the best tools you gave me was, you know, accessing a good memory. Oh. And the interesting thing was, it wasn't even like, it, something you said to me, it doesn't even have to be a true memory. No. It's what would you like to see? And the way you helped me work towards that, when we talked about some of the difficult memories I had, and you said, okay, let's, you know, focus on on how do we make this better? You had a script almost. Yes. Yeah. And it was so incredibly powerful for me because even now when I feel anxious. So what's interesting is there was a memory we talked about in my in our session. Yeah. And I realized as I was getting more and more anxious, that particular memory started like taking a dark turn almost. It was it was interesting. And what I did was I remembered that you had said, look, it doesn't even need to be real. It just needs to be your vision of something that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And I did what you walked me through our session to come up with a new memory that helped me. And I and I now picture that when I start to kind of go into that anxiety pattern. Mm -hmm. Our session was so powerful that I, rec you know, if you're somebody like me who deals with a lot of anxiety and it's, I mean, it's crazy to wear in a pandemic and like every day there's a new variant mm -hmm. and it's hard as this parent, especially, you know, how do I not worry about my children and, and things just getting better. So when they're sick or like, you know, when I was sick, I'm, I'm sick right now, we did like COVID tests this week. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, please don't be COVID. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with it. And I tap into our session yeah. every time something like that happens. So I am so grateful for that. And I want to, you know, ask for our listeners today, if you'd be able to give us a little preview into, you know, what a session can look like for them, should they reach out to you, which I highly recommend they reach out to you because it is 
an amazing, amazing tool. It is so incredibly powerful. Yeah. So this can work. I want to say that, yeah, the, the powerful tool is that, again, your brain doesn't, it's, it's data, it's, it's neutral. So you might think that you're going to bad memories and your memories, your, your memories doing the bad thing. But so we tend to think on the bad ones because our brain is biased in some respect to look at the bad for safety reasons. It's just normal. But you have incredibly good internal resources. So part of the session is I do gather information in the beginning about, first of all, what is your problem or your, ta- you know, your talent, right? Or what is whatever something, whatever bad memory you have that you'd like to change because your, your memories are your references. Remember, it goes back to the Wikipedia. So the other pieces, your memories are your memories. They're in the past. It's over. They're not happening now. So what you're storing in your brain is just internal references for yourself that you would reuse, it's best to not reuse the bad ones. To your point of remembering the good ones, if you focus in on some of your good, happy memories is what we call them, is you can regenerate all those good feelings, right? And it can, and you're completely relax your body. Now imagine having those kinds of, those feelings, well, it's not imagine, they are actually your internal references all the time. So what if you built more and more of them and your talent was these neuronal pathways for better places and it's doable. And what I love about this work is at the end of a session, it's tangible changes at the end of a session, really legitimately tangible changes. And that's the part where it's not talk therapy. And so the idea would be you come in with an issue you wanna change I inquire about how you're doing it inside you. Are you seeing pictures? Are you hearing words? Are you just feeling something? We have five senses, right? Do you smell something? And how are you doing it inside you? And my goal will be to go in and to interrupt how you're doing it inside you to for it to naturally flip to something more positive. And that's a, you know, that's a session. They're, they are about two hours long, but the whole idea is we, it's, I gather a lot of information from you so I can really understand what you are doing to yourself inside your brain, and then I can help you interrupt the patterns and change. So that's fundamentally what a session is about. And then you walk away with a little, I call it homework, but it's not really homework. The idea is that same memory reconsolidation, you need to practice the good ones, the good memories, practice them so they become permanent as well so that for example, for you, the immediate imprint, when you think of something, you go right to whatever's the new one is, whatever the better one is, right? So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, it's interesting because it enables me to really look within yeah. for help because yeah. Sometimes we're in the middle of, you know, whatever's happening and anxiety or or whatever that feeling of, it's almost like a desperate feeling sometimes. It's like, I, I want to get out of this. I, I realize I feel bad. How do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. And before your session, you know, I literally had anxiety attacks. Like I would sit down and I would breathe, like my heart would pump and I would breathe and I would just go into almost like a spiral. What started happening after our session was 
I would tap into that memory. And like I said, at one point it got bad where like that memory instead took a dark turn. Mm-hmm. So to give you an example, my memory was, and and this is, you know, it hadn't happened yet. Like it's my husband and my son at the beach. Like we've never been to the beach with my son. Yeah. Uh, you know, COVID hit, but that was the memory I had in my head, like the beautiful ocean, you know, the waves crashing and sunset and just with our family, the anxiety got to a point at, at one point where I now had the waves sweeping up. Mm-hmm. Being and coming really close to my family. And yeah. that was inherently scary to me because I don't know how to swim. So that's how like I started spiraling again. And I remembered you had said, it doesn't have to be real. You can change, change the memory, yes. yeah. look into something else that's better. And so I imagine us, you know, in our home, we're safe and we're just playing with the kids and yep. we're all just laughing and, you know, hugging and, being together safe. Yeah. And now that's the memory I use. Yeah. No, so exactly. So the thing is, is your your memories, remember your good and your bad memories are both malleable, right? And also this is the part that sometimes it's really hard for people to think, but it's it's in your mind. So you actually genuinely have control over it, right? You can interrupt your own memory, like you your perfect example of what you did. It was going in a place So you just change it and it's your mind. You actually get to do whatever you want and you take it to a place where it becomes very good. You can do that because a lot of times it's just you doing something to you, right? So that's a good example of how you you redirect it. You interrupted where it was going, right? And generated a better feeling afterwards. And that's exactly what you do. You have control. So the other thing is, is we say is like, be careful what you feed your mind right? That's one. So I would say, be careful, like movies and things like that, because your brain's taking it in. That's one. And then the other is also be very careful with your positive memories, cherish them, because they are malleable as well. Right? Create create new ones too, if you can embellish them then, or focus in what makes them even better, right? Do you like, do you feel it's somewhere in your body? Is it, does it have a color? I mean, and you can make it so that it really becomes even bigger for you. And it's, it's a very powerful because your mind can't tell the difference between if it's actually happening to you or it's in your mind. So why not put the good stuff in, right? Yeah. Hence redecorating your mind, right? Yeah. And that's so important what you said about be careful about what you feed your mind. Yeah. So especially being a parent, you know, I realize I don't, I'm not able to watch a lot of shows like, you know, true crime shows even yeah, because it's inherently like it's scary. And then I'm just paranoid. And I realize what that does that to me now. And now, you know, there's a sense of, I can't be ignorant to things, right? right. Because I do truly need to protect my family. Yeah. But at the end of the day, especially when I've had a really hard day, I don't need to watch a movie where a child is hurt. You know, I don't need to watch shows that like horror movies, like I can't sleep after (laughs) I don't need to do that. And it's funny, like my husband will be like, oh my gosh, all you want to watch is, you know, sitcoms, but they're lighthearted. And and at the end of the day, that's what makes me feel good. So why would I watch shows that give me anxiety, especially when I suffer through Right. And then the other thing is, you know, this is, you know, when we talk about generational 
things, you know, your daughter is watching you. So every, yeah. So the more relaxed you feel, the more the daughter or the son or the, you know, pick up the relaxed feelings as well. So that's why yeah. I would say sort of help yourself because by default, if you help yourself by default, you're helping the people around you. By default. That is so true. It is. It really is true. You can have a powerful impact on people around you, especially if those people are extroverts who literally take from your energy or even introverts who need to be in peace with their energy, but they need to be around energy that lets them be at peace too. So yeah, yeah, no, that's a powerful statement. Now, and it's interesting because we talked about senses a little bit earlier and there are smells that we tie with our happy memories. There might be a cologne or a perfume. Or for me, there's, I remember I traveled with my parents when I was really young to Dubai and we stayed at this hotel and in the lounge, there was like the smell of like, it was like, it it was cucumber water almost. Mm -hmm. And every time I've smelled that at like a spa, that's what I remember is being, you know, with my parents in Dubai and just having like a great time. And Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Yeah, no, we do it. And so this there's times where, you know, it's celebration, it's a cake, it's wonderful. But your brain will, so your brain linked right now, it's linked wonderful water with a really happy, wonderful memory with your parents. But like I said, we talked a little bit earlier that it can be also, for example, the, you know, chocolate chip cookies, for example, with the love of your grandmother, because she baked them, right? You know, it can be wonderful. And the the thing that perhaps where the difficulty comes in for you is you eat 10 chocolate chip cookies, because you've associated cookies to love. And that's one of the things that we can work on in a session is like, take the love out of cookies, because the love belongs with your grandmother. And then cookie just becomes a cookie, right? Yeah. So, it, yeah. so there are times when it's very wonderful and it's beneficial and you certainly want to cherish and keep that. And there are times when maybe it's not the right connection so you want to unlink yeah. it. So oh, I love that. It's so powerful. Yeah, very powerful stuff. And I just thought about how the Snickers ad is about being angry, right? And so have a Snickers because you're just hungry. I don't think, yeah, I don't think <laughs> you thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because it's funny. Cause like one of my ex coworkers, like when he would get really hungry, I would go buy him a Snickers cause I'd be like, here, you need this. And that would be his cue to, oh, I'm coming off angry. So it's just really fun, <laughs> but you're right. Like there's all these things that we connect to each other because really everywhere we go, we bring our whole self. Yeah. And we, and things it. stay with us. Yep. And we bring the world to the things that interact with us and the things that interact with us come inside of us, right? So in some respects, this is what's so powerful about this work. There's, there's an enormous amount that you can leverage and change. The wor- We live and interact with the world. It's two-way street. Whereas before, like 20, you know, 50 years ago, they think, oh, your brain is fixed. And now they're saying, no, 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 your brain is not fixed. And as you get older, things to change. But when you really want to change a memory, this memory reconsolidation that I talked about earlier, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's it's going to work, right? Things, if you want to build different parts of your brain, you can brush your teeth with your left hand. Your brain is going, oh my God, this is new. Well, if you're not left-handed. So your brain is going to start creating neurons to like, oh, okay, let me process this. What is this? So there are lots of tools and things you can do to expand the neural pathways. 
But when you want to work on something specific and clean it up, then you just, a session or whatever you, where you interrupt is, is just super powerful. And you do it very beautifully too, because you're just so kind and understanding and empathetic, which is important because we are being vulnerable in that yeah. session. When we come to you, really therapy, anywhere we go, we're being vulnerable because we're talking about things that are inherently, you know, distressing. Yeah. And I just loved that session because you were just so kind and yeah. sweet and understanding. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. This is what I think I, I mentioned a little bit earlier about being objective. If I do think about your problems and I'm saying, oh, I'm so sorry you had that problem. I'm sort of buying into it. Whereas if I stand back and say, this is something you want to get rid of. So I see it as a neuronal pathway. I can, you know, be interrupt, but there's, there's a phrase I'm, I'm blanking on the phrase right now, but it's just like hundred percent unconditional acceptance. Whatever is happening for you, it's genuinely happening for you inside you. It's yours. So there's nothing about me except for if I want to change something, I'm going to help you enter. I'm going to interrupt it and help you change it. But what's happening for you is real. So uh, un yeah, unconditional positive regard. That's the whole approach, of course, because what's going on for you is genuinely what's going on for you. That validation is key. It was key for me opening up because we had also just met, you know, recently before that. And so when we talked and you said, you know, what you're feeling is hundred percent real. Yeah. And I realize what it's doing. So let's work together. And and seeing you as a partner in my healing journey was what was key for me opening up yeah. and being fully present in that session. And like I said, that that thing you mentioned, and it was something about being intentional, yes. which I just interviewed Kiana Danielle, mm -hmm. and she mentioned you know, being intentional as well. And so when we're intentional and we, you know, try to say, hey, brain, you know, I realize you're trying to protect me and this isn't necessarily helping. So, you know, kind of let's pivot. And when we're intentional about the memory that we use or the, you know, sort of feeling that we use to recover, it's very powerful. And as you mentioned, it's about training ourselves to yes. keep using that so that when we realize we're going in those patterns, we can come out of them Yeah, using yeah. that. We can interrupt. And you so interrupt. you, yeah. you help us with the tools and you help us with how to interrupt, and then we can practice and recover from them. And there's all sorts of different types of interruption patterns. It can be like a great song. It can be getting up and doing jumping jacks, right? It can be tongue twisters are great, right? Because you're so struggling. What I used to do for myself was to try to whistle, you know, I'd be like, I still can't whistle, but I'm spending so much time I focusing on trying to whistle <laughs> that it takes you, it interrupts you. But one of the key ones that we use is the tapping, which we did together and tapping in certain points. And it's very powerful for multiple reasons. One is when you tap, I'm asking you to feel the sensations of your fingers, right? So your brain starts to focus on the sensation that you're feeling, right? That's one. And also you're having to focus on where to tap 
you know, that takes you away. And then the other thing, tapping is genuinely, there's all sorts of acupressure is a relaxing. So you're taking a little bit of that relaxation feeling, and then your body's bringing it in going, oh, in the present, feeling these sensations, I feel the fingers, it's relaxing. And it takes that whole relaxing here and now into the the memory that's not so good. And so by default, you update it with something better. So and tapping is just so handy. It's like literally at your fingertips, right? So, but there's many other ways you can do it. The one thing I would say is that you can do it. And sometimes though, your neuronal pathways are so entrenched, it's very hard for you to step outside of yourself. That's why jumping jacks, great song are helpful, but sometimes it's still too big, right? And that's when it's so valuable to work with someone else who can Count the polka dots you have on the wall, right? Just really get you to do something so totally different and by default you interrupt, so. Yeah, and you ask a series of questions and you really help lead to lead through it. You help work through those memories that are, and it's interesting because in our session, I didn't realize, but as we, you know, kind of got into it, there were like memories that I was like, okay, we've resolved this. And now I think there's this one that's bugging me. And so we worked through a few of them. Yes. And now I look, I think about them and I'm just like, yeah, okay. That was in the past. I'm done. That's the beauty of it. It was so incredibly powerful for me. So I can't thank you enough for it. And you have a seminar coming up about this. Would you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So I was invited to speak at the Infinity Foundation. It's in Chicago, infinityfoundation.org. And one of the things I wanted to do was, you know, if I say I'm a neuroplastician, people like fancy word, I don't know what that is. And it's really hard. Look, it took us, you know, good 30 minutes to really describe the process. So it's really difficult. So I thought it would be nice to start to introduce the concept of neuroplasticity. And again, working on building communications, large, complex, technical things into simple language is something I'm working on. So I thought um, I would teach a course on neuroplasticity made simple. That's the the title of the course. And the idea is to sort of explain a little bit of what the neuronal pathways are, and then also get into this piece of memory reconsolidation and how we hold memories and so on and so forth. Yeah, and it's coming, it's on February 12th from nine to noon on in central time. And if you go to the infinityfoundation.org and look for neuroplasticity made simple, there should be a picture of myself and the course there. You can register directly on the on the Infinity Foundation channel. There's also a link on my webpage if um, you can do that. And that's beliefredesign.com, www.beliefredesign.com. Yeah, so. And is that where we would go to book a session with you? Yeah, there's a calendar and sessions and you can, yep, it'll send you to a calendar and, you know, my availabilities and so on and so forth. Yeah. Folks, if you deal with anxiety at all, like I do, and, and, you know, we are in a pandemic and there are things that are inherently distressing. There's news we see every day. There's posts we see every day it is worth exploring a tapping session with Rebecca. It is so incredibly powerful that I have in fact brought it into my work where, you know, I 
when I talk to people and I, and I sense that I have said, you know, let's take a step back. Let's just breathe. Let's do a breathing exercise and let's think about a good memory. Yeah. And it really helps. It really uh -huh. does help. And, you know, I don't do it full justice. Like, Rebecca does. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. It's important. And I think it's a great tool, at least for me. And anxi anxiety is real. I think, you know, people in the past have brushed it aside, but I think there's more and more conversation happening around it now. And people are opening up their eyes to it, to the fact that it can, in, in fact, be very intense at times there's experiences that can add to it that can take away from it and so this is a great tool to have yeah. to help us yeah and like i said it's it it was powerful for me yeah and sometimes what happens is when you work on this in a session and i'm digging for you know we're having a conversation my intake as i call it that you'll remember things that you didn't remember before and Sometimes it's a memory that's completely not associated and it's working on that core memory or changing a memory that really has ripple effects in perhaps all of, you know, many aspects of anxiety in your life. And sometimes it's a memory that wasn't about anxiety. So that's why there's this, whatever comes up in a session comes up. And the idea is, again, going back to that concept of Wikipedia, update any bothersome memories zero tolerance for bothersome memories you clean them up because they're just neuronal pathways they happen to you they're not happening now clean up your references and just make them better That's yeah so it's really for anything mine anything. was anxiety yes. imposter syndrome i think is another one we explored yeah. and it really is anything that you feel like you need help with and rebecca is able to kind of tap into those memories and help you interrupt them and replace them with good ones yeah. that that help us function every day and 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 really lead a better life. I mean, I truly believe that that it our session has helped me lead a better life. Mm, so yeah. I am immensely grateful for you. And with that, I was is there anything you would like to tell our listeners? Not that I can think of, but feel free to reach out to me if you have any more questions. I'm happy to discuss because it's it's potentially an unusual concept, right? But I'm it's genuinely using how your mind naturally works. It's kind of joke around. It's all natural, <laughs> and um, happy to answer any questions that you have. Yeah, remember it's a talent you have, yeah. <laughs> as Rebecca put it, yeah. and it's not a helpful talent, but it's a talent you have. So it's, it's important to also reframe that and reach out for help. It's okay to ask for help and absolutely. It's, yeah. it's absolutely okay. Yeah. So with that folks, if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts and subscribe and follow everywhere else. Thank you so much again for being here until next time. Take care.